In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I have, um, I'm sure, said this before, but in our children's curriculum, Godly Play, we often ask the following question. I wonder what part of this story is about you or is just for you? And I think that we could ask a similar question about our parable from Luke's Gospel this morning. What part of this story about a Pharisee and a tax collector who go to the temple to pray is about you? Are you the Pharisee standing alone or the tax collector standing far off? I would venture to guess that at some point in our lives, we have probably been both. Many of us might be guilty of thinking at some point something like, oh man, thank God I am not like that guy who doesn't come to church, or like that girl who is the opposite in the opposite political party and clearly does not understand what we should be doing. And many of us, likely at some point, have done something for which we feel so guilty that all we can say is, Be merciful to me, a sinner. Among other things, that is what this parable is about. Sin. Sin and what it does to us. Now, I will say that I am fully aware that sin can be a tricky word, especially in an age where it is thrown around to label a variety of behaviors and attributes and attitudes that may or may not actually be sinful. But the outline of faith in our Book of Common Prayer has the following definition of sin, which I find immensely helpful, especially when thinking about this parable. Sin is the seeking of our own will instead of the will of God, thus distorting our relationship with God, with other people, and with all creation. Sin is the seeking of our own will instead of the will of God. But what is the will of God? I would say that it is love. We are called to love God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and to love our neighbors as ourselves because on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. These two commandments sum up everything our forebearers had to say about how we are to live lives that are close to the heart of God. They even sum up our baptismal covenant, love God and love neighbor. And in different ways, both of these men in our parable break these commandments. On the one hand, we have the Pharisee, who is likely an extremely religious person, who might have even served as a spiritual guide for fellow Jews. But he loves himself more than he loves God and others. The tax collector, on the other hand, a man who worked with and for the Roman Empire, 
likely stealing from those from whom he collected taxes in order to line his own pockets, is humiliated before God, and even while he is aware of his sinfulness, his life is a testament to the fact that he does not love others as much as he loves himself. Two broken men who in different ways sin against God and their neighbors by following their own will rather than God's will of love. And it has serious consequences for their lives. Our prayer book states that following our own will instead of following God's will leads to a distortion in our relationship with God, with other people, and with all creation. And this is most certainly true in our reading this morning. The Pharisee is said to be standing by himself, while the tax collector is standing far off. It seems that the author of Luke's Gospel is trying to illustrate in physical terms what, can, what happens in spiritual terms when we sin. The author is trying to explain that following our own wills rather than the will of God does indeed distort our relationships and can lead to feelings of isolation from others and separation from God. The Pharisee was standing alone, and the tax collector is standing far away. So maybe, rather than trying to determine what character in this story is about us or is speaking to us, perhaps we might consider where we ourselves are standing, at least in a spiritual sense. In other words, are we standing alone, feeling isolated from others? Are we standing far off, feeling separated from God and God's presence? If so, perhaps our parable this morning is a summons to examine why and an invitation to then repent in the true sense of the word, to return to God, to return to God's will of love for this broken world. Because even while this parable is about sin and the consequences of sin, it does not leave us there. Because with Jesus, there is always good news. God comes close to the tax collector who is standing far off in all of his sinfulness and in all of his brokenness and calls him out of it by showing him mercy. And if, as theologian Marjorie Proctor Smith states, a tax collector can find mercy before God, who is excluded. Not you, not me, and not even the Pharisee. Because we know that the Lord, who is in the midst of us always, the Lord who calls each of us by name, can and will overcome and restore all things. God can overcome our pride our self-sufficiency, our destructive tendencies, our love of self over others, no matter how bad 
we fear these sins have become. So this is a parable about sin and the consequences of sin, yes, but it is also a parable about the grace and love and mercy of God and God's capacity to change our lives even when we are feeling isolated and separated from God. It is about God's capacity to call each and every one of us out of the isolation and separation of sin, of following our own wills rather than God's. It is about God calling us into true communion with God and each other. So as we pray in just a few minutes and then come to stand or kneel before this altar, I hope that we can all take a page out of the tax collector's book and stand before God just as we are and allow God to come close to us wherever we are standing and in all of our pain and in all of our brokenness. I hope that we can allow our own hearts and our minds and our souls to ease closer to the heart of God, the God who longs for us to stand in, as the psalmist puts it, the dwelling of the Lord. I hope that we can draw nearer to this God, the one who is in the midst of us always, the one who seeks to make all things right, all things whole, the one who is continually calling us out of our isolation, out of our separation, and into a life of wholeness and union with God and one another. I hope that we can all allow our lives to be transformed, to be justified, to be made whole by the mercy of God.